Go Loud. Podcasts, radio and music to your ears. So when I came out, my mum was watching Coronation Street and I remember I went down and I was in first year. I was like 13, I guess, 13, 14. Right. And um, I was like, mum, turn off the TV. And it was very much like I was doing what I saw in the movies. This, yeah. you know, your coming out story had to be this big thing. So yeah. I was like, turn off the TV. And I kind of lay on the, the couch and I was like, mum, okay. And she's like, is that it? And she, <laughs> she, just, she was annoyed I had stopped her watching Coronation Street. Really? Yeah. So She was that cool. Yeah, she was that cool. Around the world, around the world, in eighty gays, around the world, around the world, in eighty gays, heroes of our bygone days who fought for freedom and equality. Icons, anthems coming out, pronouns, drag queens, struggles, life and love. Around the world, around the world, in eighty gays, around the Welcome to Around the World in 80 Gays, a podcast hosted by me, inventor of the Big Mac, Catherine Lynch. <laughs> and me, former milk float driver, it says here, Brian Kennedy. Now, each week we talk about gay culture, gay inspirations and, of course, gay icons. And joining us on our trip around the world is podcaster, presenter, writer, food lover and owner of a small hairless cat, James Carabini Kavanagh. Wow. You know, I've out gay, I'm gay. Oh, well. really? We left yeah. that out. Okay, well, so. Yeah, I think the, the clue is in the title of this podcast. <laughs> now, James, you have so many strings to your bow. I'm kind of ha- I'm kind of exhausted reading this already. Um, you have a cookbook. Let's start there. A cat, a caravan, all the seas, uh, where you and your partner, William, sell your food creations and so much more. You're also achieving in all the different areas of your life. Do you simply follow your heart or do you do what you love? You know, in terms of all of the stuff I just mentioned there. No, I don't. I'm, people always ask me, like, what's your, did you ever have a five-year plan or what's your, where mm. do you see yourself in f- 10 years? I literally don't know. I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was, when I was 16 when I was in school I was obsessed with Egyptology wow. I think it's speaking of gay and everything Egyptology in Egypt is very camp I think very yeah. camp Do you know? Yeah. like all like, that gold yeah, a lot like, of eyeliner. I wanted to be mummified. Oh. Like I was desperate to be mummified. But I was obsessed with um, obsessed with ancient Egypt. And where where was this going again? Well, just but all of the things that you do, like no, oh yeah. So what I was going to say is, year plan, like, yeah. yeah. I, I'm the same. I never have a five year plan because it's always going to trip itself up in yeah. your world, isn't it? Yeah, like, it is. You... And and I just have never been able to land on one thing I'm truly obsessed with, and that's right. why maybe I have loads of strings to my bow because yeah. I'm not truly good at any one thing, but I can kind. To get by on doing random things You're here. You're very good at everything you do, actually. Ah, but that's... maybe that's your strength. You yeah. know, somebody who's a multitasker yeah. rather than just one thing. And I got into PR. That was my first job. And I think in, in the world of PR marketing, you end up doing loads of different types of jobs and different gigs. And that suits me because yeah. I get bored kind of easily. Well, you're also kind of like, um, at the core of you, you're very funny and you're quite a comedian. So mm. um, a comedian can do an awful lot of other things. Yeah. And I think that we're obsessed with, we're big children. So we're obsessed with actually finding Finding out how to do all these things, really. I know I am anyway. Yeah. yeah. And you don't, I, I think we've, we're getting to realise more and more as time goes on. You don't have to pigeonhole yourself into one thing. It's okay to kind of have your fingers in yeah. loads of pies. I and think Ireland keep is a real culprit of doing that because I don't think other countries do that as much because you even have the likes of Gwyneth Paltrow can, you know, have a food. She can have the vagina candles. Vagina candles. Yeah. Goop. Fantastic. <laughs> Goop me hoop. Is that your new candle coming out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Catherine, what would, what would your candle smell like? <laughs> oh, it would smell like oh, you, hoop. Brian. <laughs> 
But, um, I have a new range out called Colostomy Candles. And, oh, um, my God. Here, won't he be long. To go here, doesn't <laughs> You really have to go there. So, James, in this podcast, we ask um, all our guests their coming out story. So, mm. would you like to share your letting in story with us? Yes. Oh, I love the term letting in. Is yeah. that good, isn't it? Yeah, that's really nice. Um, so, I, I, I knew I was gay from a very young age. Like, like it kind of started when I first started fancying humans. They were men. Yeah. They were never women, do you right. know, and usually yeah. that kind of happens with, with gays uh, and, uh, you know, boys and girl gays, is they fancy the, the opposite sex first and then they kind of work it out. But for me, it was just, I was always you meant. Straight, straight in. Straight in, yeah. Um, and can you remember the first boy you fancied, you might not be able to mention his name, but mm. can you remember him? Yeah, I re- there was, well, there was loads of them. I can't even remember the kind of first one. <laughs> yeah. Did you but go I, to an all boys school? I went to two different schools. I went yeah. to an all boys school at a mixed school um, no I could go on but I think mixed skills are so important so like that, I was going to say what did you think was better I would agree with mixed, you yeah. absolutely hands down yeah. in terms of the kind of the maturity of the students as well yeah. they were all just way more um, open to things and stuff in the mixed school and, and just a lot more mature and, and and for gender exploration it's far better yeah. to be there because yeah. you know that if you you know you have little dens don't you yeah. your girlfriends are the guy you fancy and yeah. Yeah, I went to a mixed school and I have did great you? Um, friendships in men yeah and then I'd you know and you can distinguish then between who you fancy and who's your friend yeah and I I f- it's, it's really real important. life it's, yeah. we're not segregated in real life well, so why should we yeah. do it in school it's important to be able to have a girl who's a friend in your life absolutely and I think if you're to take negative bits from each of the sexes they almost diffuse each other yeah. when they're in the when they're in a mixed school so you know I didn't re- I found I got a bit bullied in the all boys school but I did, yeah. it didn't happen in the this all boys school is it no, it was in, it was in a, a multi Farnham, this little tiny village. I know in, where in that West is. Mead. Yes. In yeah. Westmead. In Westmead, yeah. Uh, Wilson's. I absolutely loved it. But, Why did um, I think you were from Cork? Because my boyfriend is, and I spent a lot of time down there. And that's yeah. where I met you first in Cork. Yes. Do you remember at the university? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's I want, why I thought that. How I want did you meet each other? We, the... I was giving a talk about, at the time, there was a great um, controversy, if you remember, about mm. the song uh, Fairy Tale of New York and the use of the word faggot in yeah. the song. And it had been banned on the radio. So I was giving a talk, really about all kinds of things about cancer about all sorts of things down there at the university uh, invited by the the gay society Mm. in that university and who shows up only Mr. Man himself uh, also as part of it we had a great conversation do you remember about all of that that wasn't the first time you were in my life though did I tell you this no do tell so I went to view a house years ago and we were I was being brought around by the estate agent Mm -hmm. and the guy was like oh you know a famous singer lives here oh and and I was renting the house yeah and I obviously apologies for this but I'm too curious and all the post was turned upside down <laughs> obviously to protect his identity and I went by the little table in the, in the hall and oh, I see your name sneaky. oh so sneaky stunning house isn't it James? oh my I god I got your room then I moved in did you yeah, you lived there for I nearly four years there. I lived there for four years oh yes. my god we could have been I'm, housemates yeah this city is I, so small. I literally <laughs> left his house and I was like oh I'm obsessed like it was that's gilded hilarious. it was like a little Versailles yes, it is it's very yeah. Edwardian in there that's yeah. right I still live there now you oh, would have had stunning. great fun, but you, you, my liver is still a bit sore. Okay. There was a lot of gin and tonics. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you how I met James. Oh, I had met him a few times on the scene, obviously, and we had met at different radio stations and stuff we were oh. doing. But my funniest meeting of James was at the media, the women in the media. James was on a panel, I was on a panel, and Nell McCafferty was there. So yeah. we shared a One train. of my favourite human beings yes. on the planet. Oh my God. Absolutely, what a woman. But anyway, Nell always has a train story so this is her train story <laughs> she got on the train with myself and James and we were going to Dublin 
and James having such a following. When we got to Dublin, it, it, it was like one of the Beatles have, had arrived in Connolly Station and they were all screaming and roaring outside <laughs> and going. And Nell thought it was for her. <laughs> As she should. Yeah, and she got off at Connolly and we didn't let her, yeah. we didn't let her know it wasn't for her. We kept, wow, Do you Nell, like they, they really <laughs> love you. They you like really it? love you. I, yeah, when people come up to you and stuff, it's yeah. so nice. I've never had a bad experience in terms Haven't of someone's you? never thrown a tomato at me right. or, you know, I've gotten a few negative things said about me online but sure. in all in all it's been just so nice yeah. but yeah like that showing up with Nell at that conversation I feel like Nell is our Miriam Mar- Margoyles kind She's of oh, isn't she yes, Margoyles you're right, you're right. Yeah. Well, with a dairy accent now yes. we have gone on and waffled and we need to go back to your coming <laughs> yeah. out story <laughs> oh yes exactly. and I've seen your mom and dad or I've heard your mom and dad on your podcast and they sound really nice so I'm can imagine the story is going to be kind. Well, I yeah, I knew as I said, I knew it was gay from a very young age, and obviously, so did all my family. I, I never really hid it. I was very, as I said, my bedroom was painted like um, an Egyptian tomb. I was, you know, I, camp was in the family. <laughs> do you know, it ran in the in the in our blood. Walk like an Egyptian it, on exa- loop. Cleopatra was my fir- was my favorite for like movie when I was younger. I used to put it on every Saturday yes. with Elizabeth Taylor. I was oh, absolutely obsessed. Her. So it's kind of obvious, do you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to get my mum to Blair um, uh, Madonna like when I was growing up it was all it was Spice Girls It was that was all my music so when I came out my mum was watching Carnation Street and I remember I went down and I was in first year I was like 13 I guess 13, 14 right. and um, I was like mum turn off the TV and it was very much like I was doing what I saw in the movies this yeah. you know your coming out story had to be this big thing so yeah. I was like turn off the TV and I kind of lay on the, the couch and I was like mum okay and she's like is that it? And she, she just she was annoyed. I had stopped her watching Carnation Street. Really? Yeah. So she was that cool. Yeah, she was that cool. But I think it, it, maybe it was a bit tactful to kind of be like, "This doesn't matter." Like you know, yeah. this is absolutely fine. Well, Carnation Street's more important. Yeah. Dad was absolutely fine. My mom told my dad, and then my dad told my brother. But I, when when this question's asked me, I kind of wish yeah. I had a more dramatic answer. But I was yeah. just completely accepted straight away. But I think the it's only... also your age. You're a young man, so it's a, a lot easier to come out in our modern society and thank God we've come on in leaps and bounds. Yeah. What do you, Did you think that maybe your mother did go to a corner and have a little cry for herself or was she worried about you on any level? Not at all. And right. my, my, bro, my, my uncle, who's my dad's, my great uncle, he's my dad's uncle. Uh, he's a famous writer called Paul Smith. And he, yes. there's actually a little um, gravestone to him at, well not gravestone, memorial stone to him at Charmant Lewis stop. And he was friends with like the people in the gate theatre, all the costume designers. Yes, and he yes. was, his books were actually banned because he used to go after the Catholic Church. But he was kind of this fabulous older gay man. And he kind of, ra- he looked after my dad and and his um and his brothers and right. he looked after my my dad's mom so my he obviously my dad always always grew up this amazing gay figure in his life so right. there was never it's and my my mom was thing, the right? same yeah. my her niece was um was was gay and all this so we had a lot of positive gayness in our life and was would would he have been Paul would have been one of your icons yeah definitely I remember meeting him and he was so tall and I was just kind of fascinated by him and my and my family always say I'm very much like him yeah um, in loads so of different you have ways the flamboyancy exactly and, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you are so flamboyant I love on Instagram you you just you don't know what you're going to be wearing what you're going to be doing what pieces of furniture you're going to be under what's going to fly by yeah, yeah. what, what yeah. cat I have and so, we need that we need yeah. that 
It's proper. Any, any more modern icons? I mean, obviously Cleopatra's a good one. Elizabeth yeah. Taylor's a great one. But say when you were a wee fella, as you say, Spice Girls, blurring out of the thing, Madonna. Was that your thing, that the high-end kind of high-energy pop music? Or what was the thing that made... Like, for example, if you came home and mm. something was on the radio and you thought, fuck this, the school bag goes in the hallway and there you are in the middle of the living room, you and your mom giving it loads, <laughs> what would that record be? Oh, it was truly Spice World for me. That was, <laughs> yeah. Spice World and also cartoons. Do you remember cartoons? Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. Oh, yeah, that? I do. Yeah, cartoons. Do, yeah. And didn't they do... They were kind of like um, Agua. They were in that same like, weird Euro girl. pop. I'm a Barbie girl. Yeah. Like, right. Euro pop. Venga that, that boys. Venga boys. It was all that kind of stuff. Did I was obsessed with that. Oh, right. Okay. So I met yeah. the Venga boys at uh, the MTV Awards. Do you remember the MTV Awards? Oh my Awards? God, they were here at the point. Yeah, they were I here remember. at the point. And I actually had won Alternate Miss Ireland that year. So I put on a white coat and a red cowboy hat. And I went out to the point and I just really blatantly said, I'm on the guest list. Yeah. Oh I won God. Alternative Miss Ireland this year. Should they know me from Adam <laughs> so and I had Warren behind me in a crop top and he's not really did, a crop top wearer yeah, yeah. and his boyfriend at the time and it worked and I said and these are my backing dancers oh my so God. we pushed right the way through Hilarious. and the Venga boys and they said where are you staying and I went oh we're up in the Sony tent because yeah. I knew that was the poshest place ever yeah. so the Venga boys were on the on the stairs and the bouncer was telling them that they couldn't get in and I went excuse me excuse me out of the way out of the way we went in and str- I was there I'm for so the night. jealous like I seen clips of that recently it looked like a fever dream like I was it like was how is this in dream. Dublin it was unbelievable is there a full video of there it somewhere I would love to see it Whitney Houston was at the Morrison Hotel isn't that right Whitney Houston pushed me out of the way I was oh. delighted oh my god <laughs> aren't you lucky yeah. <laughs> and she pushed me out of the way going to the stage like that because of course I was going Whitney Whitney <laughs> give us autograph. <laughs> she totally floored me. <laughs> well, Blondie said no to giving me an autograph when I was, I think I was about 15 at the time. Did she not know who you Debbie were? Harry, I was knowing then. She, <laughs> Debbie Harry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was at my brother. His name is John Cavney. He's an MMA coach and he was on the Late Late Show being interviewed by uh, about doing this and yeah. Blondie was performing and speaking of gay icons, I was obsessed with, with oh, Blondie yeah. growing up. Incredible. Obsessed. Yeah. Um, I used to, I used to have, I remember the cassette for Heart of Glass and I like nearly broke when I played it so much but Blondie was on and I was so excited I went to my little autograph book and I asked her and the, the researcher in Norty was like the only chance you'll get is when she's coming from stage to her dressing room just jump out to the corridor there yeah. because otherwise she's not going to come in and drink the wine and with us and no. the green room so I jumped out and asked for her and she said absolutely not and then stormed off and you should have said only seven letters you silly cow <laughs> but what I did she'll give you a great story though <laughs> oh yeah and what I did I, sn- I snuck into her dressing room and stole a mug she was using and her purple lipstick is still on it oh wow so yeah That's Fergal Sharkey would say, "You little thief." Yeah, I'm. <laughs> as you, Whitney, you some push you out of the way. I'm. I'm. I'm only too happy. Blonde even looked at me. Yeah, well, that's true too. Some people deserve to be like that. <laughs> they do. Mm. But tell us about your new food van. Yeah, Curabini. So Curabini. Curabini. Curabini is um, a place in Cork. And um, it's where William is from. It's opposite Crosshaven, if yeah. you know that area. I do indeed. I've and performed there. Yeah, and um, he we started up a food blog years ago. We both yeah. went to Ballymaloo to so kind of have a real interest in food. You worked at Ballymaloo. Uh, we went there like a, a, the, oh, the course, the I three know months it very course. Very well. That's yeah, amazing. yeah, they're foodies on their Insta. Yeah, so we set we set up that, start sharing our recipes, start selling food at markets, and it's been a kind of maybe six years journey. Yeah. And then we wanted to open up a cafe, but we said, right, we'll just try a food truck first. We opened up the food 
food truck a month ago in Inchcore outside Rascals Brewery. And Currabini um, has that, a, is it an infusion of uh, what sort of food is? In, oh, so it's, yeah. it's very like, it's very simple and local and organic. Yeah. Like our sandwiches, like we have a ham and oh, cheese lovely. sandwich, but like the ham is from the English market in Cork yeah. and it's culotte and cheddar and William makes his own pickle plum mayonnaise. And so it's kind of like simple things, just elevated and just yeah. using local where possible. So all our food is all from Ireland. Yeah. All our suppliers are from Ireland. I thought you were um, saying Caribbean-y. Oh, yeah. Carabini. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know. Carabini is, is, yeah, is where William's from in yeah. Cork. Right. Yeah. Very good. So we just named it after that because um, we, that's where we kind of fell in love with food together. There's yeah. a place just near my hometown in Mohill County Leitrim called Curry Cramp. So I don't think <laughs> <laughs> my dad used Moving to on. always say, someday I'm going to open up a chipper called a curry, curry cramp. cramp. <laughs> Cause I don't know whether that's going to work. Now we did some, di- we did some digging on you, Mr. Oh, Man. Oh. And, it tur- and it turns out that you, you did have a kind of a, a graw for acting at one point. I did. Why did you not pursue that? Um, or will you still at some point? I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I always got the lead in my school plays, like without doubt. And, um, I, I, I was really, I didn't get a lot of academicness in my life. Uh-huh. I got enough points to do basket weaving on the Iron Islands. Like, do you remember that in the yeah. CEO form? No way. That was could you do that? the only course I could do because my points were so low. <laughs> and in re- retrospect, I'm kind of like, that would be stunning. That would have been like, a great thing to on do. The Iron Islands. I pay big money to do that now. Um, <laughs> so I might do a course in basket weaving. I think it'd be yeah. really like gla- Peg Sarazy vibes. I'd love it. Yeah. Um, but so I didn't, yeah, I always was really into, yeah. I'd always organise the school disco. I'd always be in the school plays. That was always, that was where my forte was. So you were an was. influencer before influencing was a thing, really? really. Yeah, you were Pretty a much. social yeah. platform before, yeah. like somebody put the camera on you. Wow. Yeah. I think that um, the way you explain yourself is something I can really understand. When I did my leave insert, I went out to the front steps in front mm. of all the teachers to cheek me the absolute absolute arrogance and I ripped up my leave oh my god! And I, went, I will never be defined by a piece of paper <laughs> and I never used it in my whole life and there's yeah. a saying from Patrick Cavan and we'll talk about Cavan now in a minute mm-hmm. that uh, you can fly to knowledge without going to college and I think you oh, have flown to a lot of knowledge without going to college you know and that we need to actually understand that that sometimes there's more to be it? learned outside institutions yeah. than there is to be learned in it yeah. and we know that from the scene and Absolutely. from yeah. our it's, community It's mad how small you feel as well as someone who just wasn't very good at absorbing mm. information and, and, and taking in or yeah. studying I was just always thinking of other things mm. but it's mad how small you're made feel throughout your school journey like yeah. I just felt so ashamed all of the time like getting test results and yeah. it's like that's not my thing like yeah. Well I'd say know? I had a bag of titles if I went back on my history I'd say ADHD I'd say I was yeah. dyslexic I would say I had mm. all sorts of things yeah. <laughs> hung over bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never was hung over in school <laughs> but um, James speaking of Kavanagh you live in a house now that Patrick Kavanagh lived in yes apparently <laughs> if, if anyone can listen can truly verify this but I, it, there was a walking tour going past my house a few years ago and this uh, man who does walking tours around around the centre of Dublin Dublin 8 and all that kind of thing was walking past and there was loads of people pointing up at the house and then I went out and I was chatting to him I was like what's going on he was like oh Patrick Kavanagh lived in this house for a brief period of time yeah. like a couple of months back in whenever where is it if you don't mind Cabo Rose Cabo- yes yeah. he did actually because I remember reading that in a book that yeah. he lived out there for a, a, a 
I want one of the plaques on my house. I know, why Because around the house, like literally around the corner is James Joyce's family home. James, you have a great club called uh, Church. Mm -hmm. And um, where do you think the club scene is going for Mm. the younger generation in the city centre? Yeah, well, we actually, we're not doing church anymore. And for kind of reasons, a lot of people aren't. The venues are just getting so like limited in terms of where you can go. Like I used to love Andrew's Lane. Um, It was just, and it was grimy in the best possible way. Um, And there's just loads of those gorgeous little proper beautiful spots just disappearing Um, but the club scene yeah it's I think like there's so many hotels and all this being built and you know there's a lot to be said for that kind of stuff as well I'm not dissing that but like I think they should almost be made have a have some sort of area for a club I totally agree do you know like didn't they do they used to have big ballrooms and stuff in in hotels back in the day yeah Yeah. there always was an area where a nice rooftop marquee or something I think it'd be cool wouldn't it yeah people could go out and puff their cigarettes and come back in and all that totally outdoor space is probably yeah. Uh, yeah. If we get the weather. Yeah, because I even compare like when I when I first like you know when I was eighteen or whatever like going out in Dublin for the first time after being cooked up in boarding school for so long, and then like the, you know back in the day there was war, there was see you next Tuesday, yeah. there was um w- attack in the button factory. Uh-huh. There's so much creativity in in when there it was comes one called to see you next Tuesday. It was called, called see you next Tuesday. Yeah. And, well, that's where I worry. I do genuinely worry like an old aunt mm. about the scene about where. How small the, it's getting. Yeah, how small it's getting and where the bohemian existence is going to be in our city because yeah. to ha- that bohemian lifestyle, like people call me an ally now, but at, mm. the, at the time I was only having the crack because yeah. there was all sorts of different diverse people around, exactly. you know. Yeah. So I don't know whether, will we start living in our picket fences and we'll Do you think it's the downside of online? Of People are so used to being online now and, um, ha- and communicating that way that they nearly forget to go out, if you know what I mean. But I do think there's also responsibility on like, you know, city planning and stuff to make yeah. sure that we have these cultural uh, yeah. spots preserved because so much talent and so many amazing people sprang from them. Yeah. Like even I was uh, looking up, you might like correct me on Ireland. this. Yeah, well, like loved, I'd love to see the return of that. But there was this gay club back near Thomas Street, like a really famous one. Uh, Tees or Thomas Street or the, the one I, the only one I was ever in was called Magruder's. Temple of Sound. Oh, I can't yeah. remember. Oh, but it was, was, yeah, it was maybe it, in the eighties. No, it was in, oh, in the eighties. Um, yeah, mm. and it was also then. It, it, I, like it's like why don't we have these clubs now? You yeah. think these would exist now, but they actually yeah. existed it's in ju- the eighties. It's just too expensive to rent the spaces. Do you think is that, is that the problem? Probably. Yeah. It all became a little bit about the ticket rather than the actual community. And yeah. There was a time when it was, and it, we need to take back the night. We need to have longer yeah. opening hours. So oh, we need big, to be able to. Go big time. till six o'clock in the morning, like we used to go. Yeah. We went illegally till six o'clock in the morning, but we still did. Yeah, have you a know? nightmare. How, like yeah. they have in, don't yeah. they have a nightmare in um, Amsterdam? I think he yes. literally is responsible for nighttime stuff. Yeah. Um, but there is good news. There's, you see, Odlum's Imagine. the Odlum. Be the nightmare in Dublin. <laughs> I think it could you. be you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do rotation, yeah, we'll rotating do. nightmare, like the T shocks. And <laughs> um, but there was, uh, you know, Odlum's. So there's Odlum's Mill down. Yeah down the Docklands yeah. Yeah. that's being turned now into artist space oh, so it's literally oh, going to be reserved so I think that's how we do stuff yeah. it's, it's the it's councils and the government re, re, and it's a bit of protest protecting. Because, yeah. uh, but the students can't come in to get 
rent so that therefore they can't you know say oh I'll meet you at the gates of Trinity and we'll go protesting because they're not there they're at home in their houses in Longford and Leitrim and Roscommon and Meath and whatever you know couch surfing with Mm. mates and all that I see a lot of that so listen James tell us that as you know our podcast is called Around the World at 80 Gays Mm -hmm. and you travel a lot and all of that like me so when you go on a long flight would you bring your own food or would you eat the food on the flight I am obsessed with plain food I love plain foods (laughs) I look forward to the weird plain foods like what what would like really excite you if you thought if you looked at the menu you thought oh, look what's on the menu wow. yeah I love all that it's like getting a picnic in the sky it's I like your right, sky I picnic agree. I do yeah. agree oh, wow. I love it so much now I went uh, my first business experience was Emirates business to mm. Melbourne and that's yeah. just like another level it's another, another level you're handed yeah, get a knife stunning. and fork you decide when fork. to eat you decide well. when to eat the there's other... courses yes. there's a bar you know but yeah. even like the, the lower level eating I just get kicks I, apparently there's more salt in it or something and because of the atmosphere oh that's Maybe. why it's so gorgeous so it's, it's something to do with that <laughs> yeah. yeah more butter and more salt makes yeah. the world go round and it's free <laughs> like it's when free, it's party or, it, yeah. it well, makes you feel like a little kid doesn't it that's why because you feel like you're you're a little kid again with a yeah eating at your yeah it's like a little TV dinner I was always jealous of American uh, shows that had the TV dinner the peas and the carrots and so it's kind of that vibe what's your favourite place you've travelled to so far Japan definitely I'm dying to go yeah oh it was just the best are you big in Japan I'm huge in Japan I do car commercials (laughs) in Japan Um, no I was just obsessed um, with with, I'm obsessed with Japanese food but just the people were so lovely and so helpful and it was the bullet train's great because you can like see you know Mount Fuji and then you Mm. can go to like somewhere like Osaka which is a bit more ancient and then you're in Tokyo all wow. within two Did hours Did you do anything other, gay so. there? Um, no we actually didn't mm. we went to the I mean it's very camp the whole thing like Harajuku like that whole yes, area of Tokyo yes. with all the Harajuku girls amazing and, isn't it oh, yeah. yeah I love that yeah that and we went to the robot restaurant which is uh, you're basically served by robots and stuff like that so. real wow. like robots real robots and yeah. how do you order uh, True, like it's very, uh, it's very iPad-y and iPad-y and then they, screens and they and go away and they Yeah, and then there's, an, then there's a robot dance at the end yeah. where the robots come out and dance ah. for you and these are all robots Oh wow, I'm going for that alone yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to Japan for the weekend Yes <laughs> I'd love it, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go So in terms of best piece of advice you've ever been given whether it's career advice or just personal advice is there any one thing that you just think you know what, I really apply that to my life now Well, I, I don't know if it's advice I've been given but something like that I've lived through is the sooner you become yourself yeah. the better life gets and yeah. like that's I, I hear of other friends of mine who came out quite late and it was a little bit tricky for them mm. and I, I just think if you can the younger you can do it the better and and, and it's not even just about being gay it's about anything, the, anything. The, but the, being authentic the, right uh, authentic yeah. yeah I think once you live your authentic life you're living the dream in a way I can't agree more yeah yes. so. yeah here here to that so um, right we're going to go back to food um, food you are <laughs> obsessed with mm. like even though he's the he's the Sorry, I think you're our thinnest guest yet I think is what she's trying to say yes you're our thinnest guest we've ever had how come because you eat so much it's not fair James Kavanagh what would your favourite meal be my favourite meal I'm very like people always ask what's your death row meal and stuff oh, yeah, in a very that. basic way I love a Sunday roast you oh, just I can't beat Sunday it roast. I love chicken gravy I don't know you even said it's Sunday roast <laughs> like, you just can't beat it tone of your voice James I think <laughs> a crazy salad would be my death oh, row oh yeah with oh. loads of crusty bread obviously mm. Indian know, for in me all the real way buffalo. as many dishes as possible Indian yeah. food my absolute favourite yeah. Yeah, I don't Indian. know what you say like if you're eating with friends or, yeah. or lovers or whatever but I'm always like he has to get something different to me 
Um, so you can share. As soon as I can share, I love mm. getting bits and bobs. Like bits and bobs is How my favorite. How do you feel about that? Well, see, he's always annoyed because he tends to order the better thing, and he, you know, I I tend to order <laughs> the the, and I'm like, well, you have to share now because that's the way we do it. But so James, we also ask on this podcast what your favorite anthem is. Uh, Wuthering Heights, definitely. Yeah, wow, and yeah. it's having a revival. My fr- my first album I ever bought, like CD album, uh, was The Whole Story by Kate, Kate yeah. Bush, which was like a collection of all her songs. Right. And I listened to it like nonstop. I was obsessed. I loved this woman's work as well. Yeah. Um, but Wuthering Heights was just so like uplifting. And Do you ever hear Maxwell's version of, of, of no. this woman's work? Do you know who Maxwell is? No. Gorgeous R&B singer, most fabulous hair. But he, it's a li- remember when MTV used to do the live unplugged series? Mm. So he, when you get home, Google Maxwell, this woman's work oh, live. I'm do that. It is stunning because yeah. it's so difficult to cover Kate Bush. That's that's a tall order. Absolutely. And he does a magnificent job. Yeah. James Bryan cried once in his life and it was at a Kate Bush concert. <gasps> you went to a Kate Bush concert? Well, not only that, she came to one of mine. I oh went to, I've been to Kate Bush's house twice for dinner. Shut up. Okay, I want to know about this. Okay, off air, I'll tell you all about it. Or I'll tell you <laughs> now if you like. No, back in the day, you know, you're talking yeah. about, um, for me, it was um, the man with the child in his eyes. Really, mm. really oh, took over so my life. Beautiful. On the Falls Road and all of that business. And so, so then um, years later when I thought, will I ever, ever get to make a record? I'm going to send, somehow, I'm going to find out where she is and I'm going to send her my album. Mm. Which is exactly what I did. I sent her the record via her assistant at the time called Hillary, I think. Mm. My manager was Simon Fuller at the time who managed the Spice Girls. Yes. Calm down. Um, <laughs> and, then, um, and then, so I went off around America on my own and came back three months later only to discover a little card that said Brian Wenedy, like a W for yeah, a K. Yeah. I was like, okay, Wenedy, that's not my name. Um, <laughs> opened it anyway and it was just a lovely big huge big fountain pen writing saying thank you so much for sending your record really love the acoustic nature of it I think you've got a really exciting career ahead of you if yeah. you ever want a cup of tea give me a ring phone number in the top right hand wow. corner holy moly landline of course is what she's we're about. not like that in my mind like and then, she wants and to then connect the with people the signature was like wait lush what yeah. it looked like to me and I'm like yeah. wait lush wow That's and me. then I was looking at the <laughs> well was that from you? <laughs> and then I just kept looking at the thing going, oh, they write their K's like a W, Bush. Oh my God, amazing. Wow. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. And sure enough, I plucked up the courage to call her, got her answer machine Yeah. back in the day. Oh, hello, this is Katie. I'm not here in a minute. Leave a <laughs> message. Her, you know, voice. That. her gorgeous wee voice. Mm. And then so sure enough, she rang me back, invited me to her house for dinner. Oh my God, and I went dinner. over and had dinner a couple of times then like to a restaurant. She came to see me playing live. What did she cook? She Chinese. She got in Chinese food. T- to start, we had little bowls of salt and vinegar squares. I never forget <laughs> salt that. Salt and vinegar yeah. squares. You know those potato crisps. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we had those and all that, and God knows what else. Delicious. Sorry for hijacking your podcast here. <laughs> it's way but more I'm, interesting. No, no, no. She liked me. I don't worry. But but then she said to me, "So I've got it. I'm so sorry. I have to take a phone call." And I was like, "Oh no, that's fine. Don't worry." And I was t- talking to her partner, chatting away and everything. And she was gone for quite a while. And then mm. finally, she came back and. And her partner said to her, so that, was that okay? She, yeah, yeah. She, she looked at me, she goes, I'm sorry, that was Prince on the phone. Oh my God. And Prince and her ended up collaborating on Why Should I Love You, that song on her record. Oh, mm. wow. Isn't that wild? That is yes. wild. Yeah. But that's only the, the tip of the iceberg that's, for that that's story. That's the PG version. Yeah, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and th- but then she came to see me in the Bloomsbury Theatre. My auntie Alice, who's no longer with us, hadn't a clue who she was. Now, Kate Bush has damson hair down to her waist nearly, mm. right? The best colour I can describe it, damson purple. Mm. And so my auntie was all, Jesus, your hair's lovely, love. Mm. And she kind of picked it up and everything yeah. was rubbing it. And fair play to Kate Bush. She was like, oh, thanks very much. She had a big conversation with her. It's Finally, glints. she left. 
And my aunt, my cousin was like, do you know who that was? And she's yeah. like, no. She goes, you remember that one, Heathcliff, it's me, Kathy? She goes, yeah. Oh, that's her. That's right. her. That's Kathy. <laughs> that's, that's her. Oh my God, fab. Yeah. Good oh. I'm one degree from Kate Bush. Glad well, I came in. about that, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. I, well, I, you've just gone up in my estimation because you're a Kate Bush fan. Huge. Because I would yeah. kind of, that would be a barometer for me. Oh, if God, you didn't okay. like Kate Bush, I really couldn't be friends with you. So Kate Bush, uh, what was your other one? Pets. You but have yeah. to like Kate Bush and Pets to be your friends. Okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, well, also Joni Mitchell, of course. Yeah. Otherwise, just Mitchell. forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you didn't rent my house in the end. Hi, guys, <laughs> I'm here, but Hi. I'm just here, actually, to tell you that we've come to the end of the podcast. Oh, have we? <laughs> oh, wow, I think friendships were made in this room today. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, and... Thank you so much, James. Thank for, you for yeah, having James, me. I love this. this I'm really, hungry now. Yeah. yeah. With all that food. Actually, yeah. So, well, thank you so much, James, for coming. I'm going to go us. get Chinese and eat Kate Bush. No, I'm going <laughs> to go listen to Kate Bush and eat Chinese. Don't eat Bush. <laughs> no. No, he, he already said at the beginning that's not his thing. <laughs> we are around the world in 80 gays after all. Love you guys. Well, Brian, I've no room for dessert after that stunning chat. <laughs> that was pretty bloody good, wasn't it? Our quote of the week from an LGBTQI plus legend for this episode comes from poet Audre Lorde, who wrote, My silences had not protected me. Your silence will not protect you. So protest and riot, people. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us now yeah. on all our socials for the latest updates. And if you enjoyed our chat, please rate and review wherever you listen. It does matter. It certainly does. Now, listen, see you next week for another episode of Around, Around the, the World, World in, in 80 Gays.